Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost, Drew Stoltz. It's a lazy man. First off, I'm a year older. It's tragic. I'm getting old, bud. You don't show it. You I know, look I feel a day great. over 36 in my book. I feel younger, honestly. Do you? Yeah. You getting healthier? Getting much healthier. My yeah. athletic greens, you know. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> gotta be gotta be using those. Um, but what a week it was. Xander Schauffele, our guy, who we seem to almost pick every single week, got the job done up at the Travelers with another very, very exciting finish. That tournament, every year. I mean, it comes down to the wire. Last year, it was an eight-hole playoff. This year, we're coming down, him and Sahith Thagala battling it out. Listen, I love Sahith. Great dude. Love him. Love his energy. Awesome. Love his way he plays golf. Might have been one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen in my life on the golf course that was a tough one to swallow you know he's talked about that decision that hitting the driver off the tee i got no issue with whatsoever if that's the club you love and that's the one you've been hitting good he just gutted it on you know he's been hitting good tee balls i got no issue with that whatsoever he probably thinks at that point like xander being xander like he's gonna birdie either 17 or 18 the ball's in my hands let me make birdie on 18 and i can put this thing to bed no no issue with that whatsoever he catches the shit lie underneath the lip and looking at it on television. I was like, there's, I was thinking he might have to go out sideways. I don't think he can even splash it out of this thing. At most he could splash it out. Mm -hmm. Sat there and talked about it forever. At that point, it's like, okay, bird's probably not going to happen here. Let's get this thing out, make par bogey at worst force Sanders hand. All right. Make him make bird. If he does that tip of the cap. All right. It didn't work out for you, but to try to hit that shot over that lip 105, I think he had to the front once 123 to the flag. You, you ain't hitting it 105 yards out of that thing. And so at that point, I was like, that's the decision. It wasn't the driver necessarily that I thought was a bad play. Hindsight 2020. But that second shot, I couldn't believe it. You know, you couldn't hear everything him and his caddy were saying, but I thought I heard Carl say, like, if you can't get it to the green, it's not worth it. Yeah, the only reason we go for it is to have a look at birdie, yeah. right? That, I think that was more or less what he said. He's like, yeah, you, mean, you can't do it. Carl did everything but saying, you're not hitting this shot. Other than just grabbing it and yeah. saying, here's your 60. It's just, man, it, I know things get going really fast in that situation. You're nervous. You're trying to get that first win. But, man, that just was unbelievable to me. I mean, I know it's easy sitting on your couch to criticize. But, like, when you see that, I'm like, okay, there's no way that ball's getting over the lip and getting to the green. With the pin being downwind over a bunker, you need a nice full number to have some spin on it. Like, let's just hit it over just here. Just splash it out. If we hit a decent wedge, we're going to be 15 feet or closer and give ourselves a look. And if, if we make par, he's got to make birdie to tie. If I make bogey, he's got to make birdie to win. Like, let's just get let's, – let's not lose it. Let's yep. at least make him earn it. And he just – you know, I think this one's going to stick with him for a long time. It's, it's one of those decisions you're going to look back and you're going to regret. Honestly, I, I'm sure Sunday night was brutal. For him, he was incredible in his interviews afterwards. Like, that took a lot just to be able to talk. But, man, he's got to be kicking himself. And he's come close a number of times. I had, he came into 17 at the Phoenix Open with a chance, hit a beautiful driving iron that took a shit bounce, ended up in the lake, makes bogey there. He was right in the hunt there. He was. He had took the lead into the back nine at one of the events earlier in the fall where he damn near won there. So this is his third time where he's probably kicking himself on a Sunday night. And we talk about how good he is. He's just an awesome dude, by mm -hmm. the way. He's funny. He's hilarious. Everyone likes him. His time's coming. I hate using that phrase, his time's coming, because it's so hard to win out there. But, man, that was that's the one out of all three of them where he's just like, man. And like you said, other than his caddy just handing him the 60 and saying, no, you're not allowed to do this, it's hard to hard to call this. a guy off that. I'm going over here. Yeah, dude. See you later. Here's a 60. I'm going to lay the bag down. If you want your other club, you got to reach in here. I'm not even laying yourself. the bag down. I'm taking it with me, and this is what you got to hit. And then Xander, I mean, he had to be sitting there on the 18th. He like, what? He could see it all happening, yeah. but I don't think he knew exactly what was going on there. And then, uh, fun fact, I don't know if you've heard this. It's actually his first individual win on the PGA Tour since the huh. Century Tournament Champions in 2019. Had you heard that at all? Not at all. Yeah, that's a fun fact. A little, oh, little nugget there for you. What a, what a study is. He plays so good every week. He just hadn't been able to cross the finish line in quite some time. But he finally got it done yesterday. I know that one was very, very satisfying. We had him on our SiriusXM show. He came out and he's like, I just wanted to get that monkey off my back. Just wanted to win. And I think this has got to do huge things for his confidence heading into St. Andrews. Just have to stop talking about it. I mean, at the, in the time that he'd won, I mean, he won a Ryder Cup. He won the Zurich with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, he won a gold medal. Like, he's done really good. You know, he's, he's had a lot of success. It just hasn't been individual. on. The, they kept having to put all these, like, qualifiers on what he hadn't done. And now I can just, like, shut up. I picked him six times i think on this show when we pick our i just yeah. keep picking him like, how can he'll you not win, he'll win he'll win and then i don't pick him in bam he, he drives it great he irons it great and he puts it great okay perfect i'll take him and he doesn't get emotional at all no and he's and he's got that killer instinct honestly that tee shot off 18 when it's not the easiest tee shot in the world it's not that wide up there he just stepped up 180 ball speed the thing didn't curve a yard just right down the center stripe had 100 just over 100 yards left stoned a lob lob wedge into there to three feet and kicked it in for a two-shot win but he uh, he earned it. Sith made him made him earn that one. 
Yeah, he earned it, and he probably sat there on the ATT like, what the hell? It went from, I need birdie to probably get into yeah. a playoff to, oh, my God, par wins this thing outright. Big well, flip-flop there. Congrats, Xander. Another win for great, for uh, Golf Subpar. This was the one good thing about it, because I picked Cantley as the winner uh, earlier this week. It wasn't going on too big of a limb there, but at least he didn't finish second. No, he it shot 94 He could have won, and we would have added one to the tally, <laughs> but he decided to just not have a day, and... Uh, just moonwalked right down that leaderboard, but at least we didn't get a second that for, was, great, for uh, subpar. That was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in my life from Patrick Cantlay. I've I didn't never know seen who I was him watching. Like so out of sorts. He made three pars. The chunk on the par three that was 57 yards short that barely made it to the water, I was like, oh never, my God, I ever. love you. Partly I love you, though. As Nick Faldo would say, off a tee peg. Yeah, off a tee peg. <laughs> yeah, right off the old tee peg and uh, just 57 short. I was like, "Who? what has happened? Like, just a different dude after Saturday? I mean... He's a machine. It's kind of like our picks last week. What just happened? We'll get into that later. I can't. I mean, dude, I'm so snake bit right now. <laughs> but congrats to Xander. Awesome win. His sixth PGA Tour win. And the 122nd U.S. Open has concluded, and the champion has been crowned. Dewar's, the official Scotch whiskey of the U.S. Open and the most awarded blended Scotch whiskey in history, is proud to congratulate the winner, Matt Fitzpatrick, on this prestigious tournament. We're also proud to announce the limited-release 2022 Dewar's 19-year-old Champions Edition. Double Age then finished in New American Oak and first Phil Rycast for a profile as rich and complex as the game we all love. The 19-year-old Champions Edition is a truly remarkable experience, worthy of raising a glass to the glory of the U.S. Open and the champions it creates. Please join us in celebrating the winner as we look forward to next year's tournament at the Los Angeles Country Club. Here's to great Scotch whiskey, here's to golf, and here's to celebrating the best of the best in every regard. It is well now, done. It is now time. The good news about doers also is if you drink nine of them, you don't even have a hangover. Oh, you don't? No, you do. You hardly feel it. You hardly feel it. You don't even know you had it. Well, it's time for the cheers, doers cheers moment of the week, which I cheersed a lot of it on my birthday, Sleeze. 37 years old, went down rather smooth, Mm -hmm. was feeling fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I did not feel fantastic about is our good friend, Max Homa. Max. Who I wake up, sat, we celebrated my birthday on Saturday, had a nice, played golf, had some cocktails. We had a great evening. Went out, had a nice evening. Yeah. I wake up. Sunday morning to uh, my phone blowing up from Twitter and all kinds of text messages. Max decided to post a rather embarrassing picture of me on Twitter. And I just want you to let you know, Max, that payback's a bitch and I'm coming for you. He caught you with that stray right when you woke up, just <laughs> straight to the so head. That's the way I just wanted to start my day. As you're crossing the street, trying to get a cup of coffee, just <laughs> right to the dome. A little dome shot from there. What year was that at SMU? That was my that freshman, freshman year. God, just the Lady Slayer picture. He just brought it out of the archives. I've seen that thing bounced around some group text. Never seen Listen, it thrown out into the world wide good web. Good news is, like doers, I get better with age. You do. Right. We're going to need a 37-year-old <laughs> vintage for the kid. But, uh, but Max, I'm coming for you. Get ready because shots have been fired. That's one of those ones where, like, in the group text, it's whatever. Like, some of my buddies have it as, like, the picture when I call. But Twitter, I mean, you got, like, 200,000 followers, dude. That's a little bit of a low blow. Like, just a quarter mil. Quick, <laughs> checking that thing out for old age 18, yeah. Colty. Isn't that weird? That, that was 19 years ago, bud. Welcome to getting old as balls. Yep. And we are. But I look better. But we're still sweet. And I feel better. We're still sweet. But also, got to congratulate you and your Colorado Avalanche Thank on you. the Stanley yeah. Cup championship. Uh, I know your diehard hockey guy was glued to the TV for every second. But Col- but Denver, they're back in it. Champions the 303 is the year of the 303, dude. That's the appetizer before the Broncos come in. Hoist that Lombardi. Probably followed by the Nugs after that. You know I live and die by the puck. I'm always pucking around. You know what I mean? <laughs> And we got it done. It's just a load off, dude. I knew this was the squad, all the guys. Nate. Man, it was fun to watch. Playoff hockey, there's nothing like it. It's bad news for Wyndham because his man crush, Nate McKinnon, now has just gone up the ranks in terms of like celebrity and things like that. So it's going to be tough for him to to get that time again. Yeah, you better get those texts in now because your boy's going to be fading you hard. But congrats to the Avalanche. That was was awesome to watch. And I tell you what, this episode this week, Sleaze, our man, the Big Easy. Ernie Els, we get amongst it with him. He is just fantastic. He's all time. He's just a dude you want to hang. Just happens to have probably the most enviable golf swing in the history of golf. I think if you took a pull of everyone, the thing's magic. But he also gets it. He's just a. He's just one of the fellas too. You know what I mean? He's you want to hop on that on plane? You want to hop on that Gulf Stream, which he talks about? You're probably gonna have a good time. He just happens to be blessed with some of the um, greatest talent of all time. And we dig into that Presidents Cup uh, yeah. back in that little playoff with Tiger, which is one of the all-time team events ever. Well, let's not spoil it because this a- interview is fantastic. And like Ernie and like us, we've got great timepieces. You've got to, dude. It's time to bring your golf rounds to the next level, Colt, because if you're passionate about golf, Tag Heuer is setting a new dimension in watchmaking through cutting-edge technology with the newly released Connected Caliber E4 Golf Edition. 
swing detection and shot distance tracking, interactive maps, smart scorecard, the Tag Heuer Connected Caliber E4 is the high-performing companion to any golfer who wants to take their game to the next level. The Tag Heuer Connected Caliber E4, together with the Tag Heuer Golf App, is the ultimate companion for on and off the golf course. Designed for performance, ready for everyday life. Visit tagheuer.com slash golf to learn more. Scoop you one of those, ultimate companion. We're always looking for a good companion. Be on time, look Gotta have good. a companion. Nothing better, Tag Heuer. That's it. All right, here he is, the big easy, Ernie Els on Golf Subpar. All right, we got a former world number one and four-time major champion with us here today. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer with one of the silkiest actions in the history of the game of golf. Ernie Els is with us. How are you, my man? I'm good, guys, man. Thank you. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, Ernie. It's been a while. I haven't seen you in ages, but you're looking well. I know you're up in Pennsylvania getting ready for the U.S. Senior Open this week. But before we get to talking a little bit about you, we got to talk about this Icon Series that you got coming up next week. Liberty National, you're the captain of the rest of the world team against Fred Couples, who's captaining Team USA. Uh, what's this event all about? Yeah, so thanks. Yeah, so um, Fred is the captain of the, of the U.S. side. I guess, you know, they take us old guys and um, – you know, we're old enough now to be captains of sides, you know. Uh, Freddie obviously carry, uh, uh, captain the uh, President's Cup uh, quite a few times. He's involved with the Ryder Cup. You know, he's an icon himself. Uh, myself, you know, playing international golf. Also President's Cup experience. You know, they looked at us and said, hey, you know, they, the organizers have got this event going. I think Darren Clark's done one before in Dubai. But they get international sports stars from around the world. In my case, um, I've got Canelo Alvarez, uh, the boxer. I've got um, some cricket players, A.B. de Villiers, Brian Lara, um, guys like that. I've got some soccer players, you know, football players in England, but soccer players in, in, the, in the U.S. Um, so I've got some really cool guys playing, you know, on my team. And, you know... We're going to play three or four days of serious golf. These guys are all really good golfers. You know, some of them are scratch handicaps like Harry Kane. You know, he England, the English soccer team. Um, and I've got Ash Barty, you know, um, the former number one. She's a four handicap. Um, so I, I've met a lot of these guys. I've never really played a lot of golf with a lot of them. Um, A.B. De Villiers is a cricketer. Um, He's an icon in, in, in cricket, I want to tell you. you got to look this guy up. He hits a, a, a cricket ball as far as we hit golf balls, I promise you. And um, he was captain of South Africa. But in any case, we're going to play serious golf. And they're going to play off their handicaps. And we're going to take on the U.S. side, Freddie's side. And I hear he's got Michael Phelps on his side and, and, and so forth. So these guys are not messing around. The organizers getting really great talent and people that have really made a difference in this sport. Um, and we're going to have three great days at Liberty National, play golf, um, see how serious these guys take it. I'll go whatever, which way they want to go. If they want to have some beers, we can do that. But if they want to take the golf serious, we can do that, do that too. But I know these guys, you know, being so competitive in the sports field, I think the competitiveness is going to come through, you know, as the, the tournament goes on and I don't think anybody wants to lose in this thing. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but serious uh, golf and uh, we will see how, how this thing plays out, but it's going to be Liberty national in New York. You know, people come out and watch it, please. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Liberty national, just a beautiful place, but you mentioned you're captaining the rest of the world team, which is, you know, you're a, you are a worldwide player. You still are playing all around the world. Why was that so important to you when, you know, back in the in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, the big money was on the PGA Tour, but you still focused on playing all around the world. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way things went in our day. You know, my, um, the guy before me was obviously Gary Player, um, and then some other players that you guys are not very familiar with uh, played on the European Tour. John Bland, Yuba Hockey, Simon Hopday, these type of guys. Um, so that's just the way we, we went at it. You know, we when you were good enough uh, to play in South Africa and then if you were good enough to play overseas, you went to Europe first. And if you can prove yourself in Europe, hey, the next step up is going to be the U.S. So 
you know, from Europe, I went to the U.S. back in 90. My goodness, I got to think back now. 92, I started playing on the U.S. a little bit. I really started establishing myself in the U.S. in 93 when I finished seventh at the U.S. Open at Baltus Roll. That gave me some starts into the Masters in 94, and I got into the U.S. Open in 94, which I ultimately won. And that gave me a 10-year exemption. So that was kind of my journey. But uh, getting my card in the U.S. was great, but I felt like a lot of my roots were in Europe and in South Africa. And in South Africa, you know, back in the day, there were some really top U.S. players that used to come down there. It was, our, our tour was always in the off-season from November through kind of February. And a lot of the American players like Tom Lehman, Fred Wadsworth, I mean, Franny Quinn, I mean, a lot of these type of guys came to South Africa and played down there. So I got familiar with them. They all told me, oh, you got the game for the U.S., da 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 da, da. You know, they blew some good smoke up my ass. But anyway, we, <laughs> I believed them. And, uh, you know, John Daly, for instance, he was an absolute icon down in South Africa. I mean, he won four or five times. But anyway, you know, my roots were in South Africa, then Europe, played there and I ever I, I never wanted to turn my back on that um, and they paid good appearance money to be honest so played <laughs> the very easily <laughs> well they weren't blowing too much smoke up your ass Ernie because you ended up having a pretty damn good run, <laughs> pretty damn good run here in the states but mentioning that 94 US Open like you did that was the one you won in the playoff when it was 18 hole aggregate uh, I believe and I think you started that playoff bogey triple bogey in that thing what's yeah. going through your brain after 18 holes it's pretty much a sprint to the finish line bogey triple what kind of odds were you giving yourself at that time well zero to be honest i was just trying to not embarrass myself any further i mean you know you play 72 holes and and then you start in a playoff and you go bogey on the first which is a pretty tough hole but the second hole is the easiest hole in the golf course it's a three iron and a wedge and i don't know i hit it just off the fairway, I remember it, and hit the 9-9, which should have been a wedge, obviously. I hit it through the green, over the green, I mean, in a bush. And um, so I ended up making seven down, four over through two holes. And arguably, probably the toughest golf course you're ever going to play. You know, it's probably, it's probably in the top five, if it's not in the top three. And um, what are you thinking? I'm thinking... <laughs> try and just keep this thing together here somehow. Uh, I birdied the very next hole somehow. And I, I was actually speaking to a couple of my buddies about that. They asked me um, yesterday, actually. And I said, you know, you're so young. You're just trying to, you know, make a birdie or get something going. But on the third hole, when I hit that putt, I hit it so freaking firm. If it didn't hit the hole, that thing would have run off the green. That could have been another double. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they but just walk down the hill, be, pick that one up. <laughs> I pick it up and I'm like yeah. pumping my fist. But I'm like, man, I'm glad it hit the hole. But um, so now I'm two over through three. And I kind of just kept it together. So I shot three over par uh, through 18 holes and, uh, and tied, you know, Lauren Roberts again. Um, and then we had two more holes and I won the thing. So it, it took 90, how many holes is that? 92 holes. Just, so just we earned that one. Yeah, no that's a good deal. amount. Of around Oakmont. Just, Did, just a nice little relaxing week around Yeah, Oakmont. and it was, I remember, you know, the Monday, you know, after four or five days of 90 plus weather, um, it was the hardest I've ever been. I mean, at that stage, I've played in Singapore and, and Indonesia and places like that. But Oakmont, that whole week, they had a heat wave. I mean, you talk about global warming. I think it started in 94, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, but it was like 95 every single day. We heat index at 104. Um, and then on the Monday, same kind of weather. And I remember Colin Montgomery was, was the third guy in the group. We don't, we don't talk about him. But, I mean, at, at that stage, he was one of the best players in the yeah. world. He was dominating Europe. And I think he must have run out of clothes in his wardrobe because he got on the tee with a black shirt and very dark pants. <laughs> and um, he was already very red on the, in the face on the first hole. So, you know, he ended up shooting 78. And he was, at that stage, a better player of the three of us. 
So it just shows you what the, what the heat can do to you. He had to hide that sweat. By the way, Ernie is a veteran because when we used to play the KIMB over in Malaysia, Ernie would hang yeah. a shirt either at the first tee or the 10th tee, depending on which starting, starting hole he had, and he would change at the turn. It was genius because it was like 140 degrees over there. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right. That's 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 experience, you see. You guys were laughing at me, but I was like, man, you walk three holes and it's just dripping off you. So yeah, it's it's it is it's brutal over there. But I mean, we could talk about your career for hours and hours and hours, but I just want to look at it as a whole. You know, your four time major champion, Hall of Famer, President's Cup captain. Is there one thing that sticks out that you're the most proud about in your career? Wow. Um, I mean just to have the career I've had, to be honest, you know, to to have a a long career, you know, you've you've got to do a lot of things right, and a lot of things have to go your way. I mean, injuries, you know, touch wood, um, haven't been too bad for me. You know, I've had the odd uh, rib injury or stuff like that, but nothing catastrophic. Um, and then just to have the love of the game for for this long time you know there's you know there's a lot of other things we can do in life you know but um, to keep the love of the game uh to where i want to still compete and so forth you know i'm 52 53 this this year in october um so the most proud thing is to hang around and 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 be relative you know um you know and another thing you know that the pga tour has looked after us very well you know with uh, champions tour now um, we're knocking on Jay's door to get some more money into this thing. But, you know, there's a lot of other things happening in the world. Um, but anyway, we, we, we're thankful to play still. But to come back to your question, just to, you know, just to be an ambassador for the game, to be honest, you know, to, to, to play the game for a long time. And as we just talked about starting in South Africa, you know, winning there, you know, Europe, um, playing in Asia, playing in the U.S., um, and really, you know, to be honest with you, my head's going crazy. Just two weeks ago, my, my daughter uh, graduated from Stanford. Congratulations. You know, to raise your kids. And thank you. And and all of these things, you know, I don't know if it would have been possible if I didn't play the game of golf. You know, I mean, I probably would have been working for my dad in South Africa. You know, he's got a trucking company. And, you know, I don't know if that would have been all that much fun for me. But uh, who knows? what I would have done if it wasn't for this game and um, and to keep that you know excitement to to, to still practice you know I'm, I'm out here in Bethlehem Pennsylvania we play the U.S. senior and I'm out there playing my practice rounds and you know still trying to compete and, and try and get better at some at some way so um it's tough to tell you one thing you know I think you're more thankful for the things that's happened to you because uh, um, we've seen how many how injuries can take you away and, and other things can take you away from the game. So uh, it's been a pretty pretty good ride. Yeah, I'm sure you would have been a, a really good trucker, Ernie, but you turned into a world-class uh, golfer. So I think you picked the right route there. But throughout your career, I mean, you won majors, you played President's Cup, you captained President's Cup. You're also the guy that probably had the most head-to-head -head duels with Tiger Woods over the years. I mean, you guys locked horns a lot of times. Is there a particular moment or a particular tournament that stands out to you the most like when you think of playing with tiger woods and the times you guys went toe-to-toe -to -toe? yeah what a what an experience eh? i mean colt you know you've played in, in the tiger era and um the thing that um that gets me the most and people ask me this question a lot is you know what separated tiger from us i mean there's a lot of things but the one real factor was his intensity uh on the first tee you know you know on the first tee you know you just want to get in around you know see how things are you know testing out the waters a little bit of the competition and you know hopefully by four or five you even part or one under and you, you get into the tournament a lot of us are like that but tiger he was different you know on the first tee he was ready to go you know he was ready to absolutely strangle the golf course and then get to the field eventually, you know, and really take down the tournament. You know, he wasn't there to, to mess around. You know, he didn't play um, too many events, but when he played, you know, he was ready to go. You know, and his eyes, you know, on the, the practice putting green, you know, you make some small talk, you know, we'll, we'll reach around a little bit here and there with each other. But 
he was absolutely focused on 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 his job and um that is one thing that I, that separated him then, and it still separates him today. I don't see that intensity of, of other competitors uh, before the first round, you know, on that first tee. You can just feel the aura of this guy. He's here to, to, to compete. And um, that's the one thing. And then, you know, um, just his pursuit of... of of winning his pursuit of excellence um, throughout the event. You know, I've, there's been, there was tournaments where we played the first two rounds together and then we'll play the last two rounds together. So, you know, to be with a guy like that for four rounds through a tournament and then, you know, go right to the 72nd hole um, competing against him, it, it takes a lot out of you. You know, not taking anything away from my fellow competitors, but this guy was just a freaking machine. And um, and he still is, you know, when he plays, he's, he's there to win. You can see him today, even, you know, he's, you know, in, with injuries, you know, he's the half, half the man he, he was, you know, but he's out there, he's going to find a way uh, to try and beat you and in the golf course. So uh, what a guy and what a time to play with him. I mean, I remember, you know, the one that, comes to mind is the one in Hawaii, you know. Yeah. Um, I was playing my, you know, I was playing really well, you know, and he made those putts coming down and we were putting on greens that were running at about nine on a stump, you know, and we went into a playoff, you know, we, we made those eagles and then on the next hole, the first hole, he hits 40 feet and you can, cannot believe how hard he hit that putt. Uh, any, anybody else would have hit it four feet short. I mean, I was 20 feet and I left my putt short and I thought I'd hit it hard enough. He just had that next sense of what to do, what it what it'll take to win a tournament. And he kept on doing it and he's still doing it. So what a guy. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, I mean, obviously he brought a lot of eyeballs to the game of golf and, you know, changed the amount of money that the guys play for out on the PGA Tour. But do you ever think, man, if this guy didn't come around, I might have won double-digit majors. <laughs> you know, I've never really thought about it that way. I've been, um, you know, um, I won four. You know, I I messed up uh, down a stretch a couple of times without Tiger there, you know. Tom Lehman in 96, you know, um, I messed up coming in a little bit, finished second. I had the lead in 95 in the US uh, PGA at Riviera. I had a three-shot lead. I messed that one up. Um, Steve Elkington and won that one against Monty. Um, there were some other ones, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, overall, if Tiger wasn't around, you know, it probably would have been a different story. You know, I think uh, I always, when I was a kid, I looked at, Gary Player's record, you know, he won nine majors. You know, I mean, as a kid, you're very cocky. You think you can do a lot <laughs> until you start competing against the best in the world. But I felt I wanted to get close to Gary's um, record. But um, I was I was a, a long a long way short. But, um, you know, yeah, if Tiger wasn't around, I definitely would have won more golf tournaments. But I don't think I would have made as much money. You know, definitely. I mean, the guy, when he came on tour... Well, when I got, got on tour, um, I remember Corey Pavin, I think it was, you better correct me here, but it was early 90s. He was the first guy to win over a million dollars in a season. Now, think about that, guys. 30 years ago, we were trying to win more than a million dollars in the season. You were the number one money list on, on, on the money list. And now, look where it's gone. And, and when Tiger came in in 97, you know, we were still down there you know, in the two, two million mark, you know, in purse. And bang, it just exploded. You know, the world golf came in, you know, those tournaments around the world came in um, and the PJ Tour just went from strength to strength. So, uh, yeah, he brought a lot of money to a lot of people's pockets. No doubt. Yeah, and so I think when I was talking to you about Tiger and like your your head to head battles, the one that stands out to most golf fans is probably the 2003 Presidents Cup. I would say the best Presidents Cup period, hands down, of all time. And going into that playoff where it's you and Tiger playing for the entire Presidents Cup, the pressure that had to go along with that. Can you explain even like because you got pressure pots in major championships, but it's for you. You're trying to win. You're trying to win for South Africa. This is for the entire globe. What's that? 
what does the pressure feel like on the shoulders of an individual guy trying to win that thing? And before you answer that, did you know you were going to be the guy if y'all were tied? It had to be the guy. Unofficially, yeah, we knew. Okay. We yeah. Kind of yeah. Knew if, if something was going to go on, uh, you know, extra time, I, we kind of knew. Because at that time, you know, I think I was number two in the world, and I think Tiger was one, you know. And, um, yeah. Excuse me. And um, so we kind of had a feeling, but nobody ever thought there would be a playoff. I mean, no way. You know, these things never, ever happens, you know. Um, but actually, it, it happened that time. He actually beat me earlier in the day very comfortably. He beat me, I think, five and three. Um, so I was back, you know, my, my tail between my legs a little bit, but I was supporting my team coming in. And as it'll be, there you go. We got the tie, you know. And, you know, Gary and Jack, Pull the the names out of out of the hat and uh, voila, <laughs> yeah, you know, me, you know, big surprise. But uh, for the for the sports fan, the golf fan in South Africa, it was fantastic because you know, as we say, you know, in those days we went toe to toe quite a few times. Um, and in two thousand and three, I mean, I was right in my prime. You know, I was 33, 34 years old, and um, yeah, I mean, the golf wasn't beautiful. Um, you know, I could even sense Tiger was nervous, uh, like I've never seen him before. Um, and we kind of hit the ball around, you know, the par five was our first playoff hole. We, I, I was even short of the green in three, you know, hit it up there. I, I promise you, I think I was a foot and a half away from the hole. And Tiger would not give me the putt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> in those days, I was pretty steady from a foot and a half. Okay. But anyway, you know, I, I knocked that in. I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's on now, you know. And um, we made on the next hole, we missed the green again. And we both up and down the ball from impossible positions and, you know, making five, six footers down the hill. And then the par three is the second hole. Is this an impossible hole? You know, Gary put a bunker in the middle of this hole. It's like 240 yards down the hill. And um, with a big slope, you know, and both of us are short. Tiger's up there to the left. I'm short for that six, seven feet. He's got an impossible putt, guys. He's got a 12-footer going left to right. It's dark. And I'm like, in my head, I promise you, I'm thinking there's no way he's making this. This one, this is going to be good because for once I'm going to get him in my home, on, on home turf, President's Cup. I got this going in my head. He makes that putt, he makes the first pump, and it's right in the middle. That ball would have gone into a hole half the size. Now I'm thinking, ah, now as you thought, you know, a great <laughs> lesson for people listening. Do not let your mind, never let your mind go ahead. You know, stay in the present. Uh, but I really didn't think he was going to make it, but he makes it. And then I've got this putt up the hill. You know, if I miss this, you know, I'm going to forever be remembered as the guy missing the putt at the President's Cup in South Africa. But I thankfully made it. And that was that. Was that. You know, my guys were trying to go me, get me to get to the next tee. We all knew it was too dark. It was the end of that. The engines were still already running you know, on the tarmac for the U.S. team because you guys needed to get back to uh, Thanksgiving and so forth. Um, so that was that. So it was a good time. Was there a sense of you, like, when they called it and said they decided to be a tie, you were like, thank God, <laughs> this thing's over? Like, it's, I mean, the nerves were so high. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't uh, imagine how, how much Absolutely. We, yeah. we immediately after that, when... Tim, I think they called Tim Finchin from the green, you know, Gary and Jack did, and and the beers were cracking right there. When <laughs> when they announced that, both teams started having beers and we kind of celebrated what, what happened. It was a really awesome week. Ernie, the first like proposal though, I remember when Jack and Gary were getting together was that all right, the US was holding the cup, so we're gonna retain the cup. The US is gonna retain it. And then eventually you guys agreed upon sharing it. If they had said, if there hadn't been an agreement reached where we're gonna share this cup, we're gonna think we're gonna call this thing a draw. If it had been decided the U.S. is going to take this thing, we'll retain it. Would you have wanted to come out the next day and finish it? Would that have yeah, changed your mind? Yeah, that was, that was our argument. Yeah, the guys were very adamant that, um, you know, this 
is tied at the moment. This thing is can't be played any further. It was totally dark. Um, from our point of view, it was like it will be very unfair to have a playoff kind of stop with no result, and then the US retains the cup. So, from our point of view, the guys were shouting, screaming, and uh, and uh, and I guess Tim Fincher made made the call because, as I say, you know, Thanksgiving for the guys, the US guys flying across the world to South Africa, you know, you want to get back to your be beloved family. And um, so this whole thing made sense at the, in the end. And I think Tim Fincher made the absolute right call. I mean, as it will be, that is the last time we won the cup or shared the cup. You know, it's it, we've just been dominated by the US team since then. So uh, that was a good result for us. You could have saved five minutes by not doing the name in the hat ceremony. Everybody, everybody knew what which names were coming out of that thing. Yeah, that was an absolute giveaway. I mean, they just did that, I guess, for the for the ceremony. But um, you know, we we knew. I mean, it was nobody else really. You know, just yeah. South it, Africa yeah. and that time myself and, and Tiger. I mean, it, it was a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned you know the U.S. has been on quite a roll in the Presidents Cup. Y'all put up a hell of an effort down at Royal Melbourne in 2020 when you were captain. Is there something, if you could go in and change about the President's Cup, what would you change? Well, uh, good question. I mean, you know, the, I mean, our eligibility um, playing, we've, we've changed that a little bit, you know, um, uh, we've been talking to Jay and the, the PGA Tour to give us a little bit more power, per se, from our internal committee to, to make certain uh, decisions. Um, you know, and that's already started happening. You know, we've got our own criteria of um, selecting our team, um, you know, on our merit. Um, you know, not off the FedEx Cup or off the US PGA Tour um, criteria. So we've started doing that on a worldwide basis. We're trying to get uh, a different uh, qualifying criteria for our team because we are very different. We're not as highly rated on the world ranking uh, system as, as the US. And I know the US also uses a different system, but uh, to get our, uh, our selection going, you know, I would like to have a little bit more control as a captain to be able to do that. Um, and then and Jay and the tour has been wonderful for us, to us, you know, in our travel schedule to these events. Um, like Australia, it's not around the corner, you know. So we, <laughs> they've really given us a good leeway how to get there, you know, um, on, on, on airfare and, and so forth. So um, it's... it's it, in all honesty, it's, it's, it's pretty good. We just need to get that one under the belt and get momentum going. And we, we got really close with that. You know, I tried a very different system when we were down in Australia. Um, I probably had one of the weakest teams on paper ever against the U.S. And um, in our weakest part of our, our tournament is always in the in alternate shot and the team play. You know, we were always good in the in a singles play for some reason. But we had a, a two-point lead going into the, the, the singles, and then the U.S. really showed their, uh, their talent and, and, and beat us on a Sunday. But for once, it was very con very competitive. I saw Trevor Immelman really being locked in with me on, on what I did and the system that I used. And I felt, which was another change, that I could choose the next captain. So I chose, the, chose Trevor as my next captain because he's young, he gets it, you know, he's on television a lot, he's with the players a lot, and, um, you know, so be, so he, he became the next captain. So that was another nice change that Jay gave me, that we can decide who comes next. They don't decide that. Yeah, well, it was a hell of a run down there at Royal Melbourne. And speaking of Royal Melbourne, I heard from a friend of yours, you once shot 60 around there but had an interesting couple of days leading into that. <laughs> yeah, those were, those were the days, man. Um, yeah, I, I flew in a, I had a, a golf stream in those days, you know, and um, earlier part of the year in those days, we used to fly from South Africa. We used to go there for December 
holidays and uh, Christmas and New Year. Man, I'll start my season normally. If it wasn't Hawaii, um, I'd start my season in Dubai. And from Dubai, I'll play some um, Asian tour, European tour events. And as it'll be, we played a tournament in, um, what's that island of Thailand? In Phuket. Phuket. We played Phuket. Beautiful place. I took the family there. The kids were really small then. You know, we fly in there with the Gulf Stream and stay at this resort, play the tournament. Um, Adam Scott's a good friend of mine. You know, he's still a youngster back then. But anyway, you know, the next tournament is the Heineken Classic in, in Melbourne. So he bums a ride for me. I said, please, come on. Well, it's a long flight down to Australia. So we get in the plane in Phuket. And um, we had to refuel uh, somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but it, it was a flight. So I say to my wife, okay, Liesl, you don't mind, you know, the kids are going to be sleeping in the back. Me and Adam and Ricky, my caddy at the time, we're going to have a couple of drinks up front. You know, we had the compartments. But when we land uh, on this island for fuel, I promise you we'll sleep the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> promise, I well, promise, babe. Yeah. Well, I got a great wife, let me tell you. But anyway... We didn't quite stop, but just before we landed in Melbourne, we kind of stopped, and now we are really, really fired up. Ricky, we had to wake him up to uh, get through passport control. Thank goodness they let him into the country. <laughs> but now it's Super Bowl, okay? So we get back to the crown. You know, Liesl basically throws me out of the room. She says, get out of here. So we watch the Super Bowl. Now, this takes us into Monday. All right. And we finished the Super Bowl. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not, not doing too well. <laughs> anyway, I play the pro on Wednesday. That's my practice round. Get paired with Adam Scott on Thursday. Um, Thursday morning. No, no, I played Thursday afternoon. I shoot 60. I was... Um, I was 13 under through 15, no, I was 12 under through 15 holes. I bogeyed 16, birdied 17, and I had a putt for 59 and 18 Thursday afternoon. Scotty shoot 66. We play all the way through for four rounds. I've got an eight-shot lead going into Sunday, and I think my conscience came back to me. <laughs> and I shoot 30, I shoot 40, what did I shoot? I shoot 42 on my front nine. You know, the wind changed out of the, came started coming out of the south. And uh, I've never seen Melbourne like that. So I'm, I, I shoot 32 on the back and eventually beat Adam by one shot. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. But again, great preparation, obviously. Should, yeah, she so got we, drunk on Saturday. We had a whole week together from Phuket in the airplane, watched the Super Bowl on a Monday, you know, which we can't really remember much of, and then <laughs> recovered Tuesday, play Wednesday program, and then Thursday we played four rounds together. So what a week. That's a true that's a true story. Nothing that I'm proud of, but anyway, that is what it is. <laughs> hey, you won. I'd be hey, pretty damn won. proud. No yeah. Kidding. Trust me, yeah. I don't remember the Super Bowl ever anymore. It's Sunday <laughs> after Phoenix Open. I don't ever remember who wins. Uh, should we get to the E9? Yes. All right. Yes, we'll, we'll, just a few more questions. We'll let you get out of here. But we do this E9 every, with, with everyone, Ernie. Fun questions, just some great stories. But we ask this to everyone. You can trade lives and be anyone for a day, dead or alive. Anyone in the history of the world for a day, who would you be? Uh, um, geez, well, I'd love, um, I like the Rolling Stones. I don't know, I'm not a good singer, but Mick Jagger, I think he had a lot of fun. You'll be a good singer yeah. that day. <laughs> it's perfect. That's a great answer. Yeah, a lot of good days to pick from in, in Mick's life, I would have to imagine here. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm genuinely curious uh, on this one. I think. You're probably the most common answer when people are asked, hey, who has your favorite golf swing of all time? If I were to ask you the same question, who's Ernie L's favorite swing ever? 
who would it be? Uh, it's not even a question with me. I mean, it's Freddy Kapos. I mean, he's still swinging the way he swung it 30 years ago. I mean, how he does it with that bad back, I don't know. He, he's always been my favorite uh, golf swing of all time. Yeah, that's, that's Tempo nice Town, answer. the two of y'all together. All right, my next one. Well, we got we got the Open Championship coming to St. Andrews this year, but back in the day at the Dunhill Cup, it was New Zealand versus South Africa. You were matched up against Frank Nobolo, who you got earlier in the year at the Anderson match play, just, just to let you know that. But in this match, he had you one down on 16 when there's a disturbance on the green. Do you remember <laughs> what happened and what he said to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not a funny story. There was... Uh... They were, you know, these big waste bins, you know, you know, when they uh, throw, well, I don't know, when they dump all this waste. 16 right by the Old Course Hotel. Yeah, it was right. The Old yeah. Course Hotel says so it's, I guess it's a Sunday morning. Yeah, it was a Sunday morning because we played the semifinals in the morning and the final afternoon. So the semifinal, we're on the green and Pat, his caddy, standing close by with a great sense of humor also. And, uh, I mean, they just dumping all this stuff into this waste bin and it makes ungodly noise. So Pat goes, he says, well, Ernie, I see they're cleaning your room this morning. <laughs> it was just a bunch of bottles. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, when you have a bit of a reputation, you know, there you go. <laughs> Frank said you didn't find it quite so funny right at the start. <laughs> I, I broke into laughter because Pat is so quick. It was like, Ernie, they're cleaning your room this morning. I was like, it took me like two minutes. And I was like, okay, you bastard. You got me. <laughs> That's great. You're a hell of a recycler. <laughs> little like these purses aren't big enough. Uh, I will stay on Nabo here. I'll audible this a little bit because you're in the winemaking biz, okay? I need in your unbiased opinion which vineyard's got the better cab coming out, the Ernie Els vineyard or the Frank Nabolo vineyard? Oh, uh, well, Frank is a great friend. I'm sure they're working hard on his... Um, on his wine, but um, you just got to look at the numbers, man. You know, see what we get on Wine, wine Spectator. <laughs> I'm not saying anything further. <laughs> Frank, your wine sucks. <laughs> it's, it's snake piss. All right, next one. This one's kind of more serious. If you could go back and win one tournament of all the ones you've played, which one would it be? Oh, man. Um, well, obviously, I mean, the, the U.S. Masters would have been really nice, you know, if if the left-handed golfer didn't make that putt or after the marker gave him the line, you know, I guess he couldn't miss, but um, that would have been a nice one, but, but no regrets. <laughs> oh, it's obviously DeMarco's fault. Yeah. I gotta blame him. I still blame him. The left-handed golfer. It's good. Uh, all right. You got one of the best nicknames in golf. I would say the big easy who coined that. Um, and when did you get it? I got it in, um, 1997, I signed up with TaylorMade. Uh, Mark King was just uh, starting to head up uh, TaylorMade's marketing department, and somehow he got that into the equation, and um, he came up with that name. So I got to blame him. I wasn't quite big then, but I was very easy. Now I'm just now I'm just very easy and big. <laughs> It's yeah. one of the best nicknames I, in sports. I knew a couple of girls in college with that same nickname. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, a, this, is a, this is a family uh, channel, I'm sure. I mean, but yeah, great. I, mean, I, would, I would love to say one of my ex-girlfriends called me that, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Um, used to play an event down at Doral every year. Has security ever came to your room at Doral? Um, security, I don't think to the room, but they, uh, they did come to the, to the bar, you know, after swimming around the fountain and, uh, then going to the bar and sitting in the bar, uh, you swam around the with, fountain. Yeah. The, it, right at the reception area. I mean, <laughs> it's changed now a little bit, you know, I think, uh, you know, president Trump's taken it over, but back in the day, there was a nice fountain and, um, Myself and my New Zealand friend uh, with a beard, we swam around the fountain and did some rugby, rugby tackling on, on each other in the fountain and then uh, proceeded into the bar. And I'm sure security told us to leave the bar. I can't remember that one so well either. I heard Brad Faxon 
I heard Brad Faxon acted as security. Yeah, Faxi. I think Faxi and Android was in the bar. I don't know what they were bloody doing there, but um, <laughs> I was very wet. Detail. I was very, very wet uh, when I saw him, and uh, so was Frank Nobolo. <laughs> I love it, Frank. <laughs> Uh, this, this show's too much about Frank. We got to get off from Noblo. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's a hell of a security detail. What's wrong with a little rugby tackling in the fountain? Loosen up a bit. You know what I mean? Listen, uh, I mean, those were the, I guess that was still the 90s, man. The tour was very different then, you know. We were a little wild back then. It was good fun. Yeah, the golden days. Be. The golden era. Yeah. All right. All right, we're on a little bit of a theme here, Ern, but uh, all right, you're going out for the, for a night with the fellas after a big win. You win something big, okay? You get to pick three guys you played with during your time to join you. Mm. Who are the best three guys you want with you to have a couple pops with, maybe do some rugby tackling? Well, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Stevie Marino. It has oh, to be um, it has to be Scotty, Adam Scott. And, um, my gosh, um, who can handle himself a little bit too? Um, uh, I would take, um, I would take Goose with me just to, just to take us, be able to take us home. Retief Goosen, you know, he's, he's a good, he's a good driver. He's, he, he was driving, he was driving us when we were in the military, you know, and, he wouldn't drink at all, and we'd be in the back of the bus, you know, going to tournaments, and Retief would be able to get us get us to our tournaments and back. So I'll definitely take Another Retief goose. with no, the, the goose. goose. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I heard that Marino's a good guy to share a plane with, too. Marino's <laughs> the what I'm best. told, Ern. No, he's, he's a good guy best. to share a flight with. He's, he's a beauty. Uh, yeah. He's nonstop. He's good. Good traveler, <laughs> that's Steve. Real traveler. <laughs> all right, last one. Uh, you know, I've quickly learned since I switched over to the TV business that broadcasters may not be the most popular with the players. And I know you've had your run-ins with a couple of different ones here and there. So if I gave you the opportunity to punch one of them, would you rather punch Steve Sands or Frank Nabilo? <laughs> uh, no, neither of them. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, we've all good friends. Um, you know, I was going through a tough time there and, um, you know, Sandy, he just he just needed to ask the questions and, and, and good for him, you know. He he had me on the spot and he and he drilled me, so that was fine. But uh, we've, you know, it's all in professional uh, courtesy, you know. We uh, it, it's a give and take situation, so uh, we all good. I heard all after good. the 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 Steve Sands one, they sent him out the next week at Bay Hill to interview you during the pro am. And he said, how are you doing? Because he was getting killed for the question he asked you. He said, how are you doing, Ernie? And, he, and you said, better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, listen, he got me on that nice tender moment. And um, and then so be it. You know, you got to do your job. And, you know, we, we all good with that. So uh, we've had a couple of beers after that. You know, we're all good. And, um, and Frankie, you know, we've come a long way. Frank Novola, I played with him in 1992. We had to go qualify for the Daniel Cup in those days, and that South African team we went down there and played with Frank for the first time down there, and we've been friends ever since. You know, a little bit, a little bit heated here and there through the years, but we're good friends. You know, so um, as long as you can, as long as you can look back on your career and you know you haven't burned too many bridges. You know, that's another thing on tour that uh, you need to be able to do. You know, you you take and you give and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's only a game. It He's is. probably hung up on that wine rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Ernie, you're one of the best. Thank you so much for taking the time. You know, best of luck out at the Icon Series at Liberty National. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks, man. You guys do a great yeah. job. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ernie. Thank you, appreciate Ernie. Appreciate it, man. Never change. Cheers, boys. All right. Well, that was Ernie Els joining us here on Golf Subpart. Four-time major champion, Hall of Famer, President's Cup captain, player, all of that. Battled toe to toe with Tiger. I mean, he he was in the middle of the Tiger era, and I mean, Tiger's openly said Ernie was one of those one of the very very few guys that thought he could give him a problem. Yeah, he, I think he's the guy that like Tiger would acknowledge like this is the dude. If there's a guy that can challenge me, it's Ernie. I think that's got to be the biggest compliment in the world. And nobody got the short end of the stick in terms of their career when you go back and look on it. He's still had a monster career. But when we asked him like, do you ever just think like, what if Tiger wasn't born? 
Yeah. What would it be like? He's like, oh, no, I really thought I was like, that's all I would think about yeah. every tournament. Well, he had I so many showdowns. I a lot more trophies, but a lot less money. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you would have a, a lot more majors and a lot less money in the bank account. So a little catch 22. But yeah, he was the guy uh, for a while, like right in peak Tiger era. They were battling. One of the few guys that could do it. And I mean, what a moment that had to be for him down in South Africa. President's Cup, obviously selected to go into the somewhat yeah random selection the, the, uh, turned dramatic, out to be tiger versus ernie the, else the dramatic drawing of the names but man playing in front of your home country like that i can't imagine the the nerves what what they were like for him and to, to go toe-to-toe with tiger into the pitch dark and then finally ended up being a tie got to be one of the coolest moments of his career i went back and rewatched it just before we had him on just like get refreshed on everything and like my hands were sweating watching it i was like i can't even fathom all like the pressure going on with this it, it's probably best as much as i think tying sucks that's probably the one event I could look up. Like, yeah, this is probably best end in a tie. But they agreed to share the cup too, just like Ernie said. If they, if they, US said no, we'll we'll take the cup. It's like we would have gone out the next day. Yep. Like you said, he is just so much fun to be around. He's a fantastic golfer. He can handle his booze until he gets in the. I think more than handle until he gets in the fountain down there at Doral and takes a couple laps. With I brought his big up. ass just flopping around <laughs> in the fountain. But man, that one we got a, a water buffalo loose in Doral. Uh, but thanks to everybody else for coming on with us. And now it's time to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the tour with a no sweat first bet. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. We're on to the John Deere. We're not even going to discuss the travelers. We sucked. We know. Um, it happens. They all can't be winners. I suck pretty much every week right now. I'm in what we call a slump in the in the biz. You actually are since we started this favorite bet of the week. You're over. I can't get one across. I need I need Webb Simpson to break 80 round one. <laughs> okay, and I bet the house. See if we can it. get some odds on that. <laughs> I need that. All right. Well, we got to um, we can do top 20s, top 10s, head to head matchups, all kinds of things. Outright winners, which I don't know if we're near good enough to pick those yet. But this is what we're into. We're gonna figure out who the hell's gonna win this thing. Let's go. And the field at the John Deere is not the best. It's why this, this thing is, is wide this open. This one is someone could come out of nowhere. You may never even heard of this guy, and he might end up hoisting the trophy at the end of it. Fantastic golf course. It's a birdie fest. It's known as the Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker Invitational. Pretty much these guys absolutely kill it. But for me, I really don't know why I'm going with this guy. It just feels right. I just don't think I'm done thinking about yeah. my picks. I'm just going with my gut. He's finished top 25 in his last two starts. Perfect. Finished top 25 here last year. He's got my man Matt Irwin on the bag. And I like his odds, 33 to 1. I'm going with Adam Long, the oh. big-headed Adam Long. Oh, my God. He's got a <laughs> tiny brain, so there's not a lot of thought that can go on in there. If the sun's shining, it's harder to hit his head because it's the size of a thimble, and it's like an infant's little baby head. This just feels like an Adam Long golf tournament. To it me. really it, – this is – It's. I mean, he grew up St. Louis. This is kind of right down the road from him. This This kind of does feel like a like a long, long shot. Mm? Mm. You with me? Mm. All right. I was like I said, I'm done thinking. I don't claim to be the greatest gambler. I just love to gamble. Okay. With that being said, I'm going Denny McCarthy coming out here. Okay. The best putter on you, who's the two guys you just mentioned that run this thing? Zach mm-hmm. Stricker. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Roll the rock. Roll the rock. That's why I'm going Denny McCarthy. Probably the best putter on tour. He had two top tens in a row at Memorial in the US Open leading into last week. MC'd maybe a good thing just because he's been playing a ton. Been playing week after week after week. A little break might be something good for him. But I'm going to go with Danny McCarthy. Guy's in good form and rolls the hell out of it. If you're going to shoot 20 mid-20s under, which is what it's going to take, you got to make putts. I'm going to go with him. Wasn't he one of your guys last week? I've had him within the last few weeks. Probably didn't work out for me. All right, my long shot. I'm going with the guy. Once again, he's 45-1. to Somewhat of a dark horse there. Just a really solid player. And I feel like this is a golf course he can win at. He drives it beautifully. Putts it pretty well. Looking to get hot. Hadn't played his best golf as of late, but Kevin Streelman going off at 45 to 1. I just think he would look good hoisting that trophy with the deer on it. He's good in the Midwest. Yeah. All right. I got, look, dude, I'm not going <laughs> to say Grew shit up outside about of anybody. Chicago. It's not yeah. far away. Kevin Streelman seems like a good bet. I'll probably bet it. All right. I'm going to do not a lot of thinking about this one either, being that I haven't had a lot of success, but I'm going to go with a guy going 42 to 1. That's our guy, JT Poston, the postman, coming off a little second place, Colt, at the Travelers this last week. Playing good golf. We know he can roll it. He just locked up his card for the year, so mm-hmm. he's kind of playing stress-free. That stress is off his shoulders. He's a guy that when he gets going, I mean, we've seen him go 72 holes without a bogey. He, this is the type of golf course he can he can get after, and uh, he's rounding the form. So give me the postman, 42 to 1. Let's go. I like it. Got the big cat, Aaron Fleener, on the bag. Mm-hmm. Golf subpar guest. Absolutely what incredible What singer. else could you need? All right. Well, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Once again, that's promo code SUBPAR. Make sure you use that. 
and must be 21 years and older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-alterable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, New Jersey, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Getting better at reading with age, bud. I am. Wiser. Yes. Much wiser. Beyond Doers, your years. Helps. Beyond your years. Helps with everything. All right. Well, we got some great guests coming up. We got some young studs joining us in the next couple of episodes. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar. <laughs>